Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Corona Kalen and disease death. <laughs> oh, no. 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 We got you COVID. That is not going down. <laughs> we got you COVID-19. <laughs> Oh, people, people are so interested in the house. Oh, and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. And we are so healthy and non virus. How's that, Dad? There you go. There you go. Oh, it's during the insanity when you have to laugh the most. But anyway. If you are a drug agency and are looking for a solid foundation and a vehicle to draw your guys, like what did I? Like ice cream. No, not like ice cream. <laughs> oh, like Mac truck through an ice cream. Like Mac truck, like a Mac truck through ice cream. See, you got me. You just got me off kilter. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. Hello, Desiree. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And and just for the record, I am I do not have COVID nineteen. Although you know they're trying to uh, they're trying to convince everyone that all the healthy people are just asymptomatic and they don't know it. <laughs> but don't believe yeah. it. Don't believe the hype. Don't. don't believe the hype. Don't do it. Don't buy into the madness and the fear factoring. Leave leave that for the the uh, game show, the reality show. But this this is crazy. This is crazy. Whew. But anyway, it's. It's a beautiful spring day, and uh, I've been out and about today. We've got it's a snow tomorrow. We've got a, it is. Uh, could be. Yeah. Could be the way things <laughs> are going. We've got a. Uh, we've got a little patch of grass that we've been trying to uh, trim up and uh, cut down some brush and a few trees and uh, burning some stuff. And so, I uh, I've got my eye on my husband, who while I'm on the show. He's out here with a rake and he's burning grass and I'm and picking up smoking Uh-oh, is that things. Legal? And I'm like, he's, is that legal? <laughs> it is in the country. It is. We well, we do not have sure. any burn. We do not have any burn ordinances, and we are well over six feet apart. So I, I'm a okay with this. I'm just making sure because you know with our guests, ooh. That's true, but you know what? He is well over six hours away from me, so oh I'm in trouble. Oh, my that I, makes it right. And that makes it right. I, think I, I love your I think I've got a jump start. That's right. I've got a jump start. <laughs> I've got a jump start of leaving the scene. I love your legalese. There we go. That's how you do it. Wow. That's right. That's right. That is right. But with all that being said, I mean it's the perfect segue. Our uh, our guest tonight, he is a police officer. Can we can we call you Officer Ron, Officer Ronald, or should we call you? <laughs> oh, shoot, 
I, I, that that might be kind of fun. That might be kind of fun. You, you if can. we just call you Officer Rock. Or should we call you Officer Anderson? Uh, either or. Either or. So, so, guys, oh, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, if you're nasty. Oh, so now we're going uh. <laughs> All right, listener land. Everybody listen up. Say hello to Mr. Ronald Anderson, a.k.a. Officer Anderson, um, PNBA Men's Physique Pro. Say hello. I'm I'm sorry. I just got to call you Officer Ron. Officer Ron, say hello to listener land and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, how you doing? I'm so excited to be on the show. Um, I'm actually an IPE pro. I didn't compete as a oh, pro IPE. in PNBA. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, yes, I am a police officer in St. Louis City. Um, going on 10 years now. So, wow. uh, yeah, I had a long stretch so far. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I got into fitness in 2013, actually. Um, the reason that was, uh, I don't know, if, I'm pretty sure you guys heard the whole thing, breakups make the best bodybuilders. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, we've heard yeah. that. We've heard that several times. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to be married uh, in 2014 and was very stressed out. That whole situation got me into fitness. And um, being in law enforcement, you can understand, like, I gained so much weight because we did a lot of free food here and there. <laughs> Um, and it's always healthy. Yeah, donuts. You get McDonald's. You get all the fast food restaurants you can think of. Um, so of course I gained a lot of weight. Um, I I was uh around two hundred and fifty some pounds, like easily over like twenty some body percent body fat. So I had this big stomach and everything. Um. And you had the stress took one, going on. Yeah, yeah, and it literally, it literally took one day. I was walking. I was on vacation, and I had a, a tank top on or whatever. And I was walking. I looked down and I saw my stomach and chest jiggling, and something oh. in my head just clicked. And something in my head clicked, and I was like, "This isn't me." <laughs> and oh, I instantly went looking for a personal trainer, and yeah. <laughs> So, 2013 started my fitness my fitness journey. Um, lost weight, gained some muscle, did the whole bulking and cutting thing. And my first personal trainer, he was actually a amateur bodybuilder, a natural a natural bodybuilder. Um, and he actually introduced me into the bodybuilding world. And he suggested, "Oh, you should do this." And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, I." Don't, I, don't, I I don't want to step on stage in, in Speedos. No. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. No. In a man and, Yeah. And hey, my personality, personality. Be nice. <laughs> with my personality. It is a man Oh, she's just on it today. That must be the sunlight. Or maybe the fumes from the burning Uh-oh. leaves. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, yeah. man personality. I, I typically, I think she found the button. Officer Ron, I think you're gonna to have to put your foot. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Officer Run. So with your personality, the mankini was not working. Uh, it was oh, not your thing. Yeah. Yeah, even standing on stage, like, I'm such a laid-back person. I try to create it myself. Um, but reluctantly, I did go to a show, and it was an NPC show. And I was like, okay, it's interesting. And then I went to an IPE show after that. And I was like, oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What the heck? Is that Jesus? All right, we're under control. <laughs> <laughs> He is, and he's telling you to get your act straight. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. All right. So you went to an IPE show. You were at the IPE yeah. show. And that's when I first saw Man's Physique competitors. And I was like, oh, wait, they got board shorts on. <laughs> and yeah. then, um, <laughs> they're, and plus their body types kind of match mm-hmm. mine a little bit more. Um, so I was like, okay, this is more interesting to me than regular bodybuilding. Um, but of course my, my original trainer, he's old school bodybuilding. He does not like man's physique whatsoever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatsoever. So, um, long story short, uh, we, I ended up having to change trainers, but, um, I learned so much from him. Um, mm-hmm. He actually taught me how to work out. He taught me about nutrition, uh, the importance of it, and that's when I saw the changes in my body. Um, and he ended up losing his studio space, so I had to go somewhere else. Um, and that was in 2016 is when I got ready for my first show. Um, and that trainer, she helped me get to my, my first show. I do have a very funny story about my first show. Ooh, we like, we love uh, funny stories. Um, so I can say that this trainer, uh, I don't want to say her name, but this trainer, uh, she's a competitor, um, but this was her first time training someone to compete as well. Um, she got me in touch with Keith Hunter, who was an amazing posing coach. Yes, he is. Um, so I learned how to post originally from him. Um, and I, I'm the type of person, once I get interested in something, I do a lot of research on it. And mm-hmm. I will research it to death. So I'm asking her, like, little questions as we, as we get closer to the show, like, hey, do I need to worry about my um, uh, my potassium levels or, you know, things like that, magnesium levels. Do I have to worry about how much sodium I'm taking in? Do I have to worry about how much carbs I'm getting in and all that stuff or whatever? And she was like, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, oh, all right, you're the one that you compete, so okay. (laughs) Um, So day of the show, well, day before the show, she gives me my peak week protocol or the peak protocol for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, she depleted my water. Ooh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, I didn't have any clue about how the body functions like that and all that stuff. So she depleted my water. She got the advice oh. from one of her coworkers who only trains enhanced athletes, I should say. 
Oh, okay. And oh, they, of course, a lot of them deplete their water because they have a lot of, you know, supplements, steroids, or whatever in their system. So, yeah, they can do that. Natural yeah. athletes can't. So, no. The day of the no. show, I'm getting ready, and <laughs> she calls me, and she was like, hey, I have diarrhea, and I can't make it to the show. <laughs> Oh, no. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> so me and my parents get to the show. I look like a lost puppy. <laughs> like, I'm backstage. I'm backstage. I'm confused. I don't know where to go. I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, I'm just going to leave. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go home. This, is, this, ain't, this ain't work. <laughs> So right. <laughs> I happened to see one of my frat brothers. I'm a member of uh, Five Eight Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Um, I happened to see one of my frat brothers, DeAnthony Moore. He worked. He uh, owns HD Fitness. He had several competitors backstage. Why well, does that name ran? You you know DeAnthony. <laughs> yeah. You know DeAnthony Moore. Uh, you know Andrea Green. Yep. Yep, for That's sure. That's his competitor. Okay. <laughs> That's one okay. of his competitors. Okay. So um, I instantly ran to him. I was like, bro, I told him everything. I was like, I need your help. I don't know what to do. Yada, yada, yada. And he didn't have, at the time, he didn't have anybody competing in the man's physique anyway, so he was like, yeah, I'll help you. So he literally went through the steps as fast as he could. Because I, luckily I got there real early. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank goodness. He he had me. He looked at me how how it looked. He was like, uh, "You look like you kind of bloated a little bit." He was like, "You got pictures from the night before?" I said, "Yes." So I showed him pictures. He was like, "You peaked early. What happened? What were you eating? What were you drinking? What's all your stuff?" So I showed him. He was like, "She depleted your water." He was like, "I want you to go fill up your water bottle and drink it as fast as you can, and keep filling it up and keep doing it." Until you get to the time you step on show, step on stage. Okay, <laughs> I did that. He went through my pose. He went through my posing with me. Um, fixed some of the posing. Long story short, stepped on stage. I ended up placing fifth and novice and opening my first show because nice. of him. And instantly, I was hooked. <laughs> there you like, go. I was like, I was like, oh. I know I can do better than this. <laughs> like, I know mm-hmm. I can. Especially if I have the right person to show me. So I instantly yeah. joined HD Fitness. Like, and from then on, like, I learned so much, not just from him, but from watching the other competitors that he has, the other pro competitors, especially Andre Green. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, when, when you watch her, when you watch her train and she's locked in, it's it's a different animal. Like you learn how to be an athlete if you take the time and just watch her. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so and that, that's pretty much history. And I I've, I've done I think six shows. So since 2016, I competed in multiple shows each year, all the way till 2019. Wow. And, uh, that's, uh... 
Well, that's a rough road to go, but I, I'd rather you get it uh, starting out than have to finish like that. But wow, that's a uh, that's a lot to take in and still have that hunger to do it. Because I've seen people grow to hate the sport and quit after even half of what you just said. So, you know what? Yeah, I, go ahead. I, I think the most important thing is the reasoning why you're doing it. Appreciate um, sure. Yes. I, 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 I'll be the first one to say I'm very competitive, very competitive, but I'm also more competitive with my own self. Like I want to beat myself more than anything. <laughs> Getting the trophy and all that stuff is it's an added topping. It's, it's the topping. It's the sugar on the cake. <laughs> it's the icing. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> it, once you have that mindset and a mindset of an athlete, like I think – you're always going to have lack hunger, or at least you should, I, I, I would think. <laughs> right? Now, you, so, now, you said you're uh, a police officer. You said St. Louis? Yes, yes St. Louis City. So, do you know Sean? Sean, what's the last name? Oh, uh, what is, I can't, I'm having <laughs> He does uh, the anti-bullying in your area? I probably know he might not be in the same unit. Yeah, I probably know if I feel. Yeah, he, he, we, we, um, we, we chat with him a lot because he, he does with the anti-bullying, and that's mm-hmm. something I was working with uh, the kids in Chicago about. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he's been a good resource uh, down there because he's so engaging. He just uh, talked that kid out of the, the semi-automatic, semi-automatic weapon and the two uh, okay. clips. Yeah, so that that's uh, but he he's uh, one of our good resources from that area uh, dealing with kids at risk because uh, with the anti-bullying stand, a lot of kids know him because he has been so outspoken on their behalf. So I was just wondering if you had had a chance to interact with him. But that that's um, yeah, because he's he's getting into working out, and I know one day he's going to end up on stage. He just doesn't know it yet. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, what I wanted to ask, and this is uh, this is something that's going, you know, with what's going on. How, mm-hmm. you know, with all the practice that you had with stress, and obviously your first show had to be pretty stressful. Has this transition into times like this been easier? Has it been, or is this something that you had to basically adjust to, just like everyone else? Um, you mean as far as uh, bodybuilding wise, or in life wise, right? Um. Yeah, you definitely have to adjust. Um, I the road I've been on has been really rough, really rough recently. Um, technically, after my first pro show uh, in August of last year, several days after that, I lost my father uh, suddenly. Oh no! So, um, so dealing with that, and I'm the only child as well, so I have no siblings. Um, so now I just have my mother. So my mom, I'm from Chicago, by the way. So all my family is in Chicago. <laughs> so all my family's in Chicago. My mom's in Chicago. So dealing with this coronavirus and stuff like that, I can't go home. Because me being in law enforcement, I don't want to get my mom sick, just in case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it is rough because, um, I feel like it's my duty now to make sure she's okay. 
Um, And it's like, I can't be there to to make sure he's okay. So, like, my birthday just passed in March, and I was planning on going uh, going to see her, but I had took a flight to Atlanta a weekend before and all that stuff, and I was like, nah, I don't want to risk it. (laughs) You know? So, it's definitely a major adjustment, um, especially with how we police, uh, how we interact with the public. Uh, as far as personal life, like I've always been like a homebody. So if I wasn't at the gym, I was at home. <laughs> so what the heck? And that, <laughs> and that has to be a big a big change for you as well. I mean, and there's a lot a lot of athletes. I mean, that's been the question. Well, what do you do? What do you do now that you don't have the gym? And, uh, you know, even my, my younger kids are like, oh, my gosh, when is the gym going to be open? Because I have uh, my oldest daughter. She likes to work out just because it improves her, her mood. And so, right. you know, she's always talking about how it releases her endorphins. And she's still working out at home, but it's not mm-hmm. the same. She wants that variety. And, you know, especially being a competitive athlete, you definitely want all of that as well. And so – what have you, I mean, how have you been adapting? So you've got all this stress, um, you know, family life, and now your release is not there, and you're a police officer on top of that. How have you been able to kind of transition through that and maybe find an alternative way to still be able to, you know, work out and keep that part of your life going? Or have, or have you been able to keep it going? Uh, I, I definitely understand how she feels because – me personally, I love, I love lifting weights. I cannot do calisthenics. I hate it. <laughs> uh, I just hate it. Um, so, in the beginning, it was uh, a task for me. Um, I did have like a little bit of weights at home, pull-up bar, dip bar, um, but not on the level of what I needed. Um, luckily. I do have access to a facility on my end. Um, I don't get to go as much as I want to, but it's enough to where I can get everything done without need to get done. Um, That's good. Yeah, so I'm a little bit on the luckier end. I can get to a facility, but um, if I if I couldn't, I, I think I'll go crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I, I really understand, like, and I see a lot of, uh, my fellow competitors that I've stepped on stage with or that I actually know, and they are killing it. Like, a lot of them are doing the calisthenics and hitting the stairs, running the stairs, doing a lot of type of cardio, uh, hit cardio, and mm-hmm. doing the band work. Um, but for me, my, I know exactly what my body responds to, and I have to lift heavy. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, my body needs a lot of volume and a lot of weight for it to respond. Um, so I, I need to wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. good. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're able to still, you know, do a little bit of something and and have some sort of consistency even through all of this this craziness. Because that's kind of the big question. <laughs> I know that actually in some states, some gyms are going to be able to open. So I am 
very interested yeah, to see Georgia. how that goes over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Georgia's one yep. of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm very Whoa. interested to see if people are going to be cautious going or if they're just going to, like, bum rush the gym and there's going to be a million people in there all at once. So I'll, uh, we'll have to see, that how, that, like a see how that goes. It very well could be. It very well could be. Um, and I, we've got a question here from a listener, and it, okay. it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with lifting at this point. But we'll go ahead and get it in. This one's from Larry. He says, uh, from your perspective as uh, Officer Ron, what are the recommendations to the public during this time? I'm pretty sure he's talking about COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely wear your mask, your gloves, hand sanitize. Um, try to get things that you need at one time instead of constantly going out to the source multiple times, uh, back and forth. Um, also, as far as from a police standpoint, make sure your houses are locked. All that stuff, I, I've seen several people, it's called, uh, they take, they they commit crimes if it's uh, available to them, you know? Like, uh-huh. if they see somebody yeah. doing something and it's easy for them, like, oh, I'm going to leave my car running with the keys in it, um, people will take advantage of you, especially, and they're banking on that the police won't come as fast because of what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So... Not everybody has a mindset of, oh, I need to stay away from people. Other people, criminals, are thinking of, who can I take advantage of? Um, so always, yep. always be careful and watch your surroundings. So that's the, that's the best thing I can say because that's, that's what I do. Um, even at work, uh, we clean down the cars before we get in and after we get in. Um, hand sanitize everything, the tasers, like – Anything we share, the keys, all that stuff, like, we're cleaning it off. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, it's like, yeah. it, there's so much misinformation. I'm glad that you're able to get some of these things out because, you know, I was just talking to the nurses and doctors that I personally know. You know, there's major concern over this stuff. And, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. looking at basically just brushing this off as if something that's just some seasonal sickness that's just going to go away on its own. And mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of confusing to me when, when you know, the people that I'm referring are the same people they know. And I have a basic question with them. I even posted it on Facebook. I was like, well, you know, why are we getting all these sources of information when your next door neighbor is right there, you know, you get this information off a of text, and yet we don't seem right. to be reaching and asking the people. So how do you, uh, you know, what, well, I'll let Dan get to the, the, the question, and then uh, I'll come back to that. Again, I missed, uh, sorry, I missed, I missed the first part of Larry's question. He's asking, as a public servant, how has interaction with the public changed, if it has at all? Um, oh, well, with our job, we have to do our job, no matter what. Um, there are calls of service that are merely not important. <laughs> um, 
I, I, I don't want to sound insensitive or anything like that. Like, but there are. So you don't have to get calls for black guys in swimming pools. Yeah, something like that. So, um, <laughs> we we do get calls where it can be taken over the phone. Um, it can be handled over the phone. Um, so we try not to deal with the public if it's not a serious crime or a serious importance. Um, so, like, someone broke into the car and you, you went to your car, you found that was broken into, we can take mm-hmm. that over the phone. There's no reason why the police have to be out there <laughs> and be around you and be in charge of vehicle. And only thing we're going to do is look at it and say, oh, okay, we broke the window. All right, we, we'll, anything was taken out of it, okay. We put that on the report. There you go, report and call your insurance. If you have video footage, we can definitely come out and get the footage. So, um, but when it comes to serious stuff, if we have the time, we'll put gloves and masks on. But sometimes we just don't have that luxury. And mm-hmm. we we have to do our job. We have to act accordingly. Um, and once we deal with that, if we come to find out that somebody may be infected with it or they, they may lie and say they are, then we have to go through the whole steps of quarantining ourselves. We have to take them to the doctor. Uh, yeah. Our primary care and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a different, uh, a different time, but, you know, I've been on for 10 years, so I've dealt with uh, the riots going with Michael Brown, shooting, uh, yep. and everything. So I, I've dealt with all different types of the climate, <laughs> um, and it's just constantly changing. Well, I guess it's a never-ending ordeal of uh, adjustment, you know, and when you think about it. Because, you know, my dad, they were just dating the the happiest person in life. He was a cop for 35 years. And then there was a day he'd come home, and he was just speechless because of some of the things he had seen. And mm-hmm. it, it was just days where he couldn't even interact with the family because he didn't want any of what was going through his mind to basically be mm-hmm. part of our conversation. So, you know, yeah. I, I get it. I, I really do. Yeah. And, and think, you know, having that outlet is a blessing that, you know, that you're talking about yeah. that you have that. So, you know, just, just being one of the frontline people, because now we're talking about that more with an understanding that you guys are really at risk just doing your day-to-day job as much more as compared to the people that are basically just living their lives. What would you say mm-hmm. for them losing their sanity considering that yours is so much stressful? Uh, I, can't, I can't hear that last part. You didn't hear that last part? Uh-uh. Oh, I said, what would you say to the person that, that's close to, to losing their sanity and a way to find that balance, because I know you, this is something you have to do on a daily basis. Uh, the, yeah, if you're losing your sanity, you need to find that balance. Um, you, you have to find what makes you happy. You really do. Um, bodybuilding or working out is not just my only stress relief that I can mm-hmm. Um I love riding my motorcycle. I can just clear my head and get on the ride and go. Um, play, yeah, playing video games. I don't have to think about anything. I just focus on that. 
So finding that stuff that really gets your mind off of work or what's going on in the, in the environment, what's going on in your, your daily life is very important um, for your stress levels, everything. Because when your cortisol levels rise, like, it can cause a lot of health issues. A lot. Mm-hmm. Breach. Um, so, and that's the one thing my coach always keeps telling us. Don't get stressed out. Stay relaxed. Stay calm. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, going back to bodybuilding, if your cortisol levels rise, increases body fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes it harder for you to lose body fat. Uh, it increases yep. a whole bunch of toxins in your body, in your system. Yep. It, it's, it's a lot. So, um, granted, I know many people who cannot just get rid of stress as easily as I can. <laughs> um, I'm a very nonchalant person. <laughs> very, very nonchalant. It runs in my dad's side of the family. All the Andersons are nonchalant. So I can take work and deal with the daily stuff that I deal with, and then as soon as I'm off work, I leave it at work. Um, yep. But at the same time, I have noticed, like, I had the same partner, like, pretty much my whole career, and we noticed uh, pretty much at the same time when we started becoming uh, desensitized to a lot of stuff that we deal with. And that happens to a lot of people who are in first responders, like EMS, firefighters, doctors, uh, nurses. A lot of times they become, we become desensitized to the stuff that we see daily. Um, Mm -hmm. And I noticed this and I consciously realized like, okay, this is not how humans should, should be. We should not be desensitized to seeing somebody uh, die Mm -hmm. and uh, somebody who's raped or somebody. We shouldn't be desensitized to that stuff. Uh, It should affect us. In some level, it should affect us. Um, And when I, when I, once I started realizing that, because even off duty, um, I witnessed a car crash where several children were in it and uh, were killed. Mm. Um, while I'm on the scene, I instantly, because it happened right in front of me, I instantly kicked into to work mode and did what I had to do and all that stuff. But when I went and told my friends the story, and you get that, are you, oh, my God, are you, oh, and I sit there and looked at them like, why didn't I have that reaction? Yeah. Granted, granted, yeah. Job, yeah. We, don't have, we don't we don't have that luxury to have that reaction because then we can do our job. Um, mm-hmm. But on the next on a level of a human being, I want to have that reaction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I, I I try to I try to keep myself grounded. I try to keep myself close to my my friends that I've had for the longest before I became a cop. I try to spend time with them so that way you don't get caught up in this cop culture uh, a lot. I mean, it's easy to. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's rough for first responders. It's rough for the medical field. Uh, and it's, it's equally rough for their families. Well, 
You know, I, I mean, there's just a lot that goes into self-preservation that sometimes we don't even realize that's the mode that we're in, but it can be easy to get there just to just to protect your own self mentally and emotionally. So, but the fact that you're even cognizant of it and you're like, hey, I want to feel, I mean, that just goes to show a lot about your awareness. Yeah, it, 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 a lot of a lot of people don't in that field don't have it, or I won't say they won't have it, but they might not acknowledge it. They carry it. I'll say that. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, especially when our in the police culture is all about being macho, being the alpha, not showing weakness, not showing I, I can I'm vulnerable. You have to. Everybody has to be an A-type mentality person <laughs> type of thing. Um, so, and, and it's not healthy. That's why you get a lot of high suicide rates in law enforcement, in the field of law enforcement. That's why you get a lot mm-hmm. of um, domestic divorce rates, domestic yeah. abuse, yeah, all of that, alcohol uh, problems, all of that. Um, and it even, I noticed, and there's a trend of, let's say, someone who's been on the department for 20-plus years. After they retire, after probably a couple of years, they have a heart attack and die. That's right. And knowing what I know now about about the body, about health and all that stuff, when you have that prolonged, high-stress job and constantly – been in situations where it's flight or fight and your cortisol levels are always shot up to the roof and then finally you retire and now your body is used to all of this and your heart is used to being pounding you can have a heart attack (laughs) just that easy just that easy and I understand that stuff especially if you're not health conscious especially if you're not working out and a lot of cops are <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, well, there you go. Uh, you can not. be the one. You can be the one to start the health You're revolution. You're gonna be the prototype. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, uh, and what's funny is, um, the the coworkers close to me who see me from day one transition to uh, how I am in prep mode and all that stuff, they sit there and be like, in awe, like, how do you, especially what I schedule, how are you eating healthy? How are you, and I was like, you just got to do it. Like, when I talk to people and I tell them, like, okay, I can set you up with a plan. I can help you work out. I can, I can get you in touch with a good trainer. I can do all this stuff. And then the response you get is, all right, well, I'm going to start the first of next month. Why? <laughs> Right. Uh, or yep. I'm start, uh, if it's if it's Tuesday, I'm gonna start next Monday. Why? What's stopping you from starting right now? Eating healthy. Yeah. There's nothing stopping. Yep. You. It's because nope. you, deep Today down, is you're today. not ready to you're not you're not ready to sacrifice. You're not ready to make that change. And it's okay. Yep. I've done it. <laughs> We've all done it. Like that's true. I've. I, I was at a point before I got to the mindset I was in, I was at a point where I felt like I didn't have to change my nutrition and just work out and get the body I wanted. 
Yeah, I see. But you found you found that didn't work. It didn't work. It only works. It only works to a certain degree. And then you're like, wait a minute. Unless you have godlike genetics, (laughs) it is not going to help. Like I've 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 trained with some people who have unbelievable genetics. They can just eat whatever they want, and they're fine. I can get to that point when I'm at a low body fat percentage. Then I can eat whatever I want, and I can keep stay that lane. But once once I'm in bulk season and I'm up in body fat percentage, yeah, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's out the window now. <laughs> so, so let's so let's jump back in that direction because we I know we got off track a little bit, but that's okay because this is real talk yeah. and it's all good stuff. But so you started working out in 2013, jumped on the stage in 2016, mm-hmm. placed in the top five. Mm-hmm. You were hooked. So when in this process did you earn your pro card, and what was that show like for you? Because you competed in your first show, pro show in 2019. So did you earn your pro card yeah. also in 2019, or how did that journey go? No, uh, I won it in 2018. Um, okay. Funny story again. <laughs> um, yeah. At the time, I was dating uh, another competitor. She's a, she was a figure competitor. Um, one of our teammates, because AC Fitness, we operate kind of as a, as a team. Um, so I was prepping for September show um, with IPE. Uh, she decided she was getting ready for an earlier show. So I was going to, I was like, well, I'm going to help you get ready. So when you got to go run, I'm going to go run with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All that type of stuff. I'm going to put you in the gym, you know. So literally two weeks from the show, my coach looks at me because we practice posing all the time. So he looks at me. He was like, you might as well enter the show. You lean enough. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you might as well. I'm like, uh, I think about it. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he kept saying, like, if you want to, and like that day he kept saying, no, nah, you, you don't have time to think about it. If you want to do it, you need to start uh, peaking now. I'm getting re- doing a peaking protocol now. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Granted, we had two other competitors who were in that show also for Men's Physique, but this was their first show. I've already competed mm-hmm. in four by this time. Um, so I was like, okay, uh, let's start the peak week. So literally, my peaking process at that time was zero carbs, uh, low fat, just protein. And I defeated my... Yeah, I, and the funny is, uh, I got this peaking protocol from uh, Cliff Wilson. I watched I watched one of his uh, podcasts talking about it, the rapid back load. Um, and I wrote down everything he was saying in it, and I wrote it all down because I used to have the issue of not being able to get a pump backstage. Like, my body takes a long time to wake up, a really long time. And I could not get a pump when we were backstage getting ready for the show. So I realized, I was like, I think I need more carbs. 
So I did the research and everything. Brought it, I, I brought it. I did the research. I brought it to my coach, and I sat down with him, and I said, this is what I think we should be doing, something on the lines of this. And my coach was like, okay, um, we can do it, but we're not going to do it to the level of what Cliff Wilson was doing because he was carb-loading his competitors up on a lot of carbs. And mm-hmm. my coach was very was nervous about that. <laughs> so... Um, zero carbs, depleted, all my glycogen, still lifting heavy as much as I can. And, of course, I was miserable. Um, my thought process was real slow and and still having to work <laughs> while in that mindset as well. Um, it's very tricky because there have been times where I almost got myself in trouble because I kind of snapped on the higher, higher up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, because my temper was real, you know, so, um, but I was able to do it, got to the show, um, and ended up actually winning the overall against one, against my, uh, teammate. Um, oh, wow. and, and won my pro card that show. Very nice. Very nice. And you weren't even anticipating competing in that show, and there you have it. Yep. <laughs> and there you have it. So, and there I, it, you it, have it. <laughs> so I've got a yeah, question so I, here from uh, Gina. So that was your okay. pro show. So got the card, and then we're going to get back to your um, pro debut because I want to hear more about that, but I want to make sure we get this question okay. in here because um, she's looking at, okay, this competitive year, which, you know, some shows are canceled, some shows are postponed, and some shows are late enough in the year that they're still saying that they are going to move forward as planned. She wants to yeah. know, um, you know, how has this, how has the Rona impacted you and your competition plans for this year? Um, or were you even planning to compete this year? Um, well, the beginning of last year, I already told myself that I was going to take this year off uh, because I competed every year since I started and never gave my body a break. Um, and then after the pro show in August, my, my dad passed away. I mm. was like, yeah, I need, I need to stop. Because mentally, I really couldn't get myself back into it. Um, as far as on the level of how dialed in I was since 2016 on, like I was so locked in. Like I didn't. When I tell you I didn't go out, uh, I don't. I didn't go out kicking. I didn't go out drinking. I didn't. None of. I didn't travel. As soon as I started uh, prepping for a show, that's it. That's the only thing I cared about. Nothing else. <laughs> Like, literally, my house would be on fire, and I would look the other way. <laughs> so, and I yeah, and literally, every, every show, I've had issues every single time. And just unfortunately, like, last year was the worst because um, during that time in June, the, my girlfriend I was talking to at the time, her mom passed away. And this was, this was oh, going to no. Her mom passed away. And then July, my close frat brother passed away, who was younger than me. And then in August, after the show, my dad passed away. So I, mm. I wow, 2019 was rough. <laughs> yeah. 
So I was already planning on taking this year off. Um, uh, I still haven't decided if I'm going to take following year off or try to push myself to get back into it. That's something I'm uh, still thinking about. Well, you know, you know when you're ready. I mean, when you sometimes you don't realize how much of a break you needed until you actually take that break, and then you're like, oh my goodness, exactly. I should have done this a year sooner. But uh, you know, you will know, and your body will know when you get that itch. You'll be ready to jump back on it. I am right, curious, exactly. though, subject. You've been a you've been an IPE competitor this whole time. You earned your pro card at an IPE show, mm-hmm. I believe. I guess we mm-hmm. didn't clarify that. But what made you choose to yes. Yes. Uh, jump in a PNBA show for your pro debut? Well, so with my job, we do get our whole schedule for the following year, like around in December towards the end of the year. Um, but we have to pick our vacation days. That in advance in December. Yeah. Yeah. So I would often try to take my vacation around the show dates that I want to take. So that way during mm-hmm. peak week and all that stuff, I can just focus on that. Uh, fortunately, um, IPE didn't have their show dates up. Uh, so I had to pick the dates that I assumed that they were going to be on like they were the, whole, the following years, and they changed the dates. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. So I ended up having to uh, look somewhere else because my goal last year was to try to win uh, the show just so I can go to Worlds and IV or something like that. Um, but um, that that didn't work out that way. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, but I enjoyed that organization. So I will possibly compete in that organization again, especially like seeing the other competitors there and the caliber of competitors they have is is just as amazing as IPE. So I, I would probably keep competing in both. Oh, snap. That'll work. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's on stage, and, and I, yeah, I can't even thought about when you talk about vacation because they, they do expect it and they want it to line up and because those days are stepping on somebody else if you don't, if you try to uh, right. Yeah, so, you know, when you're going through all these steps and getting out everything set up and planning your day and trying not to go insane with everything, what keeps you grounded with so much it seems like what's falling apart around you? Um, well, during that time, my my goals and my drive of what I wanted to accomplish, I kept that right there. Like, I, I still want to be one of the best men's league world champions. That's my goal. <laughs> That's my goal. Um, and I kept that. And then, so growing up, being an only child, I play, I'm sure you play video games where you have to do stuff to level up your character and your character mm-hmm. becomes this. As soon as I realize it's exactly like that, it just takes longer. I'm hooked. Like, <laughs> Like, when I tell you I can nerd out on it, like, I love it. Um, and to see the physical changes in my body, it, it it's exciting because I look back at where I came from and no doubt. Uh, to where I was and to where I am. I'm a completely different person. Even my coach was saying my, my personality, my confidence changed. <laughs> 
from when he knew me back when I was uh, skinny fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, because I had a lot of body fat, but I wasn't wasn't big, but it was just all in the stomach. <laughs> um, so, just the confidence level goes up, and then you see that stuff, and the to make it to stage, because not everybody makes it to stage, and I'm sure y'all know that. Um, That's true. Oh, yeah. Not everybody makes it to stage, and then even if you do, not everybody makes it looking like a competitor. True. No. Um, and what made that PNBA show so special to me was I pretty much took it by the reins myself, uh, which means I decided to do everything myself, and I just consulted with my coach every now and then just to make sure I'm online with everything. Instead of him telling me every day, all right, this is what I need you to work out on, this is what I need you to eat, uh, this is your calories, this is your, your macros or whatever, I did everything myself. The only thing he pretty much told me it was my posing. And prepping me for, for the peak uh, peak week, that was it. And I got down yeah. to my lowest body fat and looked the leanest and driest. I was a uh, 4.6% body fat for that show. Dang. So what? And, that, I mean, yeah. And I, I started pressing for that show in April, and it was an August show. Yep. So you were focused. So what did you what did you think were the biggest differences between um, competing as an amateur and then stepping on the pro stage? The mindset um, <laughs> it was definitely different. Uh, uh, as an amateur, especially if it's your first show, you're mostly thinking about just going out trying to have fun. I mean, what you should, no matter what, like that's the key mm-hmm. to everything. Um, but it's more so like, hey, if I play, it's cool. If I don't, as long as I love doing it, uh, whatever. Like, my my first show, I thought I was doing nutrition. I was eating trail mix every night at work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> with, with the M M&M, with the M and M's in it. Like I'm thinking, oh, I'm dieting. <laughs> so wow, yeah, that's 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 a big change. So yeah, so once I actually was around real competitors, like people who had that mindset, who had that drive, and I'm a very observant person, I really, I quickly realized, oh, I got to make a change. <laughs> like, if if I want to be able to hang with them, if I want to be able to do things they do, I need to make a change. <laughs> no doubt. So, and being lucky enough to, to be around a coach that, and I would literally get to, get to the gym, do my training, and I would sit there hours after the fact and just watch my, my coach train other competitors and listen to him talk and just absorb all the information that he was giving out. Nice. I, I would do that every day. Like, everybody used to talk, you live here. Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's, it's that, that need, that drive that you got to have. Um, whatever your reasoning, that has to drive you. You can't you can't get your motivation from somewhere else. Your your trainer can't motivate you. Your coach can't motivate you. It, it has to come from within. Like it has to. Yeah, without a doubt, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. And. 
Guys, I hope you were taking note. If you take nothing away else away from this interview, I hope you caught that. You know, it, and it's not just with being a natural bodybuilding competitor, but, um, you know, it's, it's with anything in life. You have to find that drive within yourself. Otherwise, it's, yep. you're just not going to get through. You're just not going to exactly. get to the place that you want to be. And no one else can do it for you. They definitely can't. Mm-hmm. And with all that being said, no one else can make this show any longer than what it is either. And we are about <laughs> to the end of it. So, Kaylin Patterson, last thoughts on tonight. Well, I know Snickerdoodle has been known to uh, protect against COVID-19. Uh, yeah, Super Peace Snickerdoodles, love it. I'm also uh, sponsored athlete by them, too. Love you for being a doodle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all I can say is hashtag chocolate way for the win. It's still P for P, but there tonight. you go. It's in the family. It's in the family. <laughs> That's all right, though. It'll come back around. It always does. It oh, oh, yes, always it does. And, uh, and Ron, and Officer Ron. Officer Ron. Yes. Um, Officer Ron. When we do have the chance, yep, we do have a couple minutes left. We'd like to give you the opportunity to give shout outs to anyone and everyone who's been supportive to you or for you on this journey that you've been on oh, in yes. becoming a natural pro. Uh, thank you. Um, definitely my coach, Anthony, uh, my HD family team, my, my parents, when. Um, my partner from work, like, he had to deal with all my mood swings at work. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, and, yeah, but definitely every my, my HD family because they definitely uh, pushed me and, and kept me driven to, to do well. So definitely love it. All right, Ron. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join us tonight and sharing your story and your perspective, uh, you know, of just being an officer and what life is like right now during this crazy time. And, you know, I it's it's got to it's got to come to an end. I I had the guy at the grocery store last night saying like, and they say that this is ne- that it's never going to end. And I'm like, well, in the certain instances, it won't. I mean, what virus have you never known to completely go away? I mean, the flu is here every year. So, mm-hmm. you know, guys, you just have to, like Ron says, find it within yourself and just grab life by the horns and just, you got to go for it. We got to live it. We got to live yep. it. And that's Absolutely. all I have to say about that. You have to. So, on behalf of all of the Officer Rons out there everywhere and uh, coaches <laughs> who can't come because they've got diarrhea. You know, uh, that'll cure, that'll cure uh, that. Uh, <laughs> the boys for Pete for Pete myself, Kaylin and myself. Your body is a temple, so let's build it. Without diarrhea. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. 